Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the beauty of this world and the opportunities that we have to see and experience your praise. What a gorgeous weekend it has been and an opportunity that we have on this Sunday morning to share in your word. So Lord, help us. Uh, bring us to uh, a point of focus in which we can set aside the storms that rage in our lives and around us. Still our hearts Calm our spirits, center us on you. Let it be your voice that's heard this morning, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Tornado watch. Severe storm risk. This past Wednesday night's forecasted was some pretty serious weather to hit our area. Some schools lit out a little early, businesses closed, and we weren't too sure what to do about church that night. But fortunately, the prediction of severe storms passed without coming to full fruition. A month ago, a month ago we had the unprecedented winter storm. Shut things down for almost a week. Again, businesses were closed. Schools were out, or not really, because virtually the schools could continue now. But in the midst of that, many people suffered property damage. But some fun was had by many others. I think if we're honest, at the end of the week, we're probably ready for the ice and the snow to melt. I guess as we look back over the year, we've all been through lots of storms. I'm not talking about the storms that are lightning and thunder, not those of snow and ice or wind and rain, but I'm talking about the storms of uncertainties and unpredicted calamities that this last year has brought. My family just recently experienced spring break. It was nice to take a break for a few days, so we decided to hit the beach. Relaxing, good food, beautiful sunsets. I did something that I've not done really before. Each morning I woke up early and rolled out of bed, and before anybody else got up, I went down to the beach. Nobody was laying in chairs, there were no towels on the sand, nobody's building sandcastles, playing music or throwing the ball. It was just me, some walkers, and a, an occasional shell seeker. It was a wonderful, peaceful, centering, meditative time. It was calm. It was quiet. It was reflective to read and to pray. These were unexpected, peaceful moments to relax from the storms, both personally and professionally, that we've all been through in one way or the other. There's something about the water that calms my spirit and nurtures my soul. What about for you? For you. For you. But it's that very same water that during a storm can cause fear in the observer or wreak havoc on the surrounding environments. We see that 
in today's scripture. So I invite you to join me as we hear today's scripture from the Gospel of Matthew. It's chapter 8. Get out your Bibles that you brought or devices in which you can pull up the scripture or online. Time to get your Bible or devices too. And let us follow along on our scripture today. Matthew 8 verses 18 through 27. May we hear the word of God. Now when Jesus saw great crowds around him, he gave orders to go to the other side. A scribe then approached and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me. And lets the dead bury their own dead. And when Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. A windstorm arose on the sea, so great that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But Jesus was asleep. And they went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up, and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a dead calm. They were amazed, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, the scene we discover today on the Sea of Galilee was a very ordinary scene. The Sea of Galilee was relatively small compared to the Gulf of Mexico or to an ocean. It's 13 miles long, north and south, and 8 miles wide at its widest point. It's also 680 feet below sea level, so it's plenty warm. And the warm can be nice, but it also can be challenging. For surrounding the Sea of Galilee are many hills and valleys, and when the cold wind blows, they act like funnels, and these funnels send that cold wind to the warm winds of the sea. And when these winds collide, a storm begins to raise. Now this is probably what happened to Jesus and the disciples on this day. The waves became so high that the boat was hidden hidden in the trough that the waves had created. Jesus had been teaching. He was probably tired. He probably wanted a little break. And so he falls asleep. But the disciples wake him up. And the storm becomes calm at his command. The significance of this story is not that Jesus calmed the storm. It's a miracle in itself. The meaning of this story is wherever Jesus is, the storms of life become calm. In other words, in the presence of Jesus, in the most terrible of tempests, there can be peace. William Barclay writes, and, and I hope you hear these words, when the cold, bleak wind of sorrow blows, there is calm and comfort in the presence of Jesus Christ. When the hot blast of passion blows, there is peace and security 
in the very presence of Jesus Christ. When the storms of doubt uproot the very foundations of faith, there is a steady safety in the presence of Jesus Christ. In every storm that shakes the human heart, there is peace with Jesus Christ. This can be very true to me. This came very true to me in this past week. Some very close friends of my brother's family lost their two-year-old daughter, Annie, in a drowning accident. And my brother's family and mother were there. This happened on Saturday. She died on Tuesday. And the funeral was on Friday. This was probably some of the worst storms that their family had ever faced. Heartache, brokenness, sleeplessness, the soaking of tears, and the pleading for a miracle. But they also experienced the outpouring of love and assurance. For the community surrounded the Montgomery family. They had a prayer vigil in their yard Sunday night. And Annie's mother had written on the Caring Bridge site before Annie died these words. God is our Savior. He is sovereign. And the story that he has already written for Annie is perfect. And she added these words. I have no idea what good is to come of this. I don't know if it is to help and serve others or to serve her for the rest of my life. But I'm here for it. And I know that everyone else is too. In the midst of the storm that the Montgomery family was facing, there was peace. Peace because Jesus Christ was with them. And even in the many hard times to come, Jesus remained. Today's scripture, Jesus commands his followers to cross the sea. To cross the Sea of Galilee, to go to a new place, a new area, new horizons. To go to places that they have perhaps never been and experience experiences they have never imagined. These new places, these new horizons are in a foreign area. It's Gentile land and remember the Jews and the Gentiles did not get along. The, the Jews did not think the Gentiles were even worthy. And so it's interesting in these verses that read to you this morning, there's multiple responses and experiences that result in what Jesus commands his followers to do. One says, wherever, says, I will go wherever you go. But Jesus says, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Isn't it ironic that the foxes of the fields and the birds of the sky have homes, but the Son of Man, who's the Lord of creation and the judge of the earth, has nowhere to rest his head? Are the priorities, are the priorities of the world reversed another says let me go bury my father now this is a very hard and complex scripture and it requires some in-depth explanation that I hope one day we can do later 
But today I want to focus on this next response. Is the one where we see the disciples in the boat with Jesus. They are in fear. And they wake Jesus up because there's a storm ravaging around them. In each of these situations, Jesus is making a call. A call to discipleship. Isn't it interesting that we hear Jesus' response to each of these situations, but we don't know what happens. We don't know how the disciples decide to respond. Do they continue to follow Jesus or not? What would you do? What will you do? A call to discipleship is not an obligation, but it's an opportunity for a moment of transformation of all our previous understandings of discipleship. I felt that in this series that we have been going over in regards to healing. We frame healing in a more holistic and broader sense. We've given attention to many different kinds, not just physical healing, but communal and mental and intellectual and today environmental. Jesus' ministry of healing can be seen as an extension of his solidarity with human suffering. And what healing looks like for one person might not be the same of what it means for another or even what it calls another to do. In today's scripture, we are reminded that the demands of following Jesus are great. And he shows us that sometimes we must take extraordinary efforts to move in the direction that he calls us to go. Especially if that's a new direction. Especially if we've never been there before or we are afraid of what lies on the other side. You and I live in the increasing chaos of a long-suffering environment. Some of our choices have a negative effect. But we are also invited to get into the boat with the one who has the power to turn the chaos around. He has the authority to calm it. To make something beautiful no matter what scars might show from the past. The God who heals. The God who heals with a gentle touch is also the same God who rebukes wind and waves. Through the work of following Jesus may be costly. To follow Him, we must cross over land and seas, and we must leave behind what we have been doing in order to do a new thing. This might be hard. It might be terrifying. But it's our calling. We know Jesus is with us. With Him and together we can move in new or even uncomfortable directions, experiencing experiences we never have before, and offering healing to people and places that need to know we care. 
There are places of brokenness in our lives. Many places of brokenness in our lives and even in our community and our world. These places need healing, renewal, and restoration. Our responses and our actions or our lack of impact the health of our environment more than we can ever imagine. If we only focus on working on recovering ourselves and our own communities, but fail to work toward the recovery of our environment around us, we will find ourselves caught up in a constant cycle of destruction. The healing of creation is intertwined with our own healing. So by our response to Jesus' call to discipleship, let us help create something beautiful that will last for generations to come. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.